You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit Patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, guys. This is the first podcast that we've done since Luke became a pappy. Old, old Pappy Papa Luke. Luke. Papa Luke. Papa Luke. Man. It's the best, man. How's Crazy. It, how, how's it going? It's surreal. I mean, right now, so today she's two weeks old. So it's been chill. She eats good. She's good. And no complaints right now. So hopefully it'll stay that way. It's the best they'll be in a day. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. I'll never forget. And Matt, you got something to look forward to because, like, where Luke's at right now, the way he feels right now, it's like, it's it's this, like, transition, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but it's like, you, you think everything is going to be so hard. It's going to be so difficult. How are we going to, how are we going to feed this child? How are we going to keep it alive? You know, it's like, but then you just kind of, have like a god-given ability to be a dad you know and it's um <clears throat> yeah just do it yeah you just kind of do it and uh man learn as you go i'll never forget that i'll never forget that feeling and it and it doesn't like you adjust to it you know that's that's kind of the thing that i figured out is like 
I thought it was going to be all hard, but my whole body just kind of adjusted to it. Yeah, that that's so true, too, because I was talking to Sadie, my wife, the other day, and I told her, I was like, it doesn't even feel like we really skipped a beat. It, it just feels like we just adjusted to her and her being in our life now, mm-hmm. and it just feels like she's been here. I mean, it, it's, so, it's so fun. That's awesome. Well, Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. Doing doing good, ready to jump into this one and get back on. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, but ready, ready to go. Life's great. Trying to deer scout. I did go scouting the other day and figured out that I'm not going back summer scouting. <laughs> it's rough. That out. I hate summer yeah. scouting. It's not my favorite thing to do. It would probably be a, a really good weight loss program to just say, baby, I'm going to work out and then go summer scouting. Dude, it's just so freaking hot. I almost don't even like to go shoot for ten minutes in the heat of the day. Yeah, that, and and with what I do for work, I'm in the woods anyways all the time, sweating and dealing with chiggers. And I mean, I don't want two doses of chiggers. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's no fun. Yeah, the chiggers. I'd rather have poison oak than chiggers. Chiggers are terrible. Yeah, They're rough. I'd probably rather have chiggers. Poison oak gets me like. It gets me bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you almost me. die. You, you, you almost die. I'll get, I'll get tore up by it. <laughs> I, I, we had a fence fall down the other day in our backyard from a, from a storm, and I got there, and uh, to clean it all up the other day, and it was just like covered in ivy, in poison ivy. I was like, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me right now. It's, it's like, uh, what movie is that? I can't think of what movie it was like your your greatest fear. And it's like, I'm gonna go do a quick chore for the wife real quick, clean up the backyard. It's poison ivy. It's like, nope, I will not be doing that. But luckily I, I like as soon as I got done, I came home and got tech new stuff and scrubbed it all over mm-hmm. me because I knew I had touched it right then. So it didn't tech get me the best. It didn't get me yeah, luckily. If you, if you can get that oil off before it establishes itself, you'll you'll be fine. And that technique, if you see like a little spot, if you just it's basically like if you have grease on your hands, you've got to scrub that stuff off. And that's mm-hmm. what that technique has that grit. It'll really scrub that poison ivy off. So listeners, yeah. if you don't have any technique, go get you some technique. We're not plugging that, but get you some. And listen, that's I a, use Dawn's Dawn dish soap. Yeah, just Dawn's dish soap. That stuff is great, but it dries your skin out. I mean, which is good because it gets the oil off. But yeah, it's good. I, I've, I mean, talk about. I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago about Tech New, because it would have saved me a lot of, a lot of heartbreak. But today we are going to talk about heartbreak. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we're getting close into into the season. We're, I mean, it's close at this point. Um, Tennessee Velvet season starts in what, like, like two months from today. Um, it's gonna be in August. Is it August this year? End of August, yeah. Usually it's end of I can't August. Remember. Like two months, around two months from now, I'll be deer hunting, which is wild to think about. And I find myself in, and maybe you guys find yourself here too. Like, when I listen to hunting podcasts, and I don't just listen to a lot of hunting podcasts. Um, this time of year though, I really enjoy listening to things that are more on the entertaining side 
but if they have a level of like, I came away from that with a little bit of knowledge, but it passed my time well. A lot of the tactical stuff, I feel like if I hear it right now, I don't always remember it come the season, like just some of the little things. And so we get into tactics during the summer sometimes, and I feel like we're not doing it due diligence. And so I think maybe some of the things that we've been talking about, some of the things that we've discussed amongst each other, we could hold off on that um, until, you know, closer to season whenever it can really have its greatest impact. But for today, um, <laughs> it's actually a, a, a pretty – I think it's probably relevant to everybody who's been a hunter for any amount of time, and it's those mistakes, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, I make a lot of mistakes. A lot a of lot. mistakes in deer hunting. More mistakes than successful – that's right. Well, it's, you know, just that's how you learn. Luke, you, you didn't say nothing. I guess you're capping perfect. Oh, no. No, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm on the same boat. I'm just listening, ready to, I'm kind of just going back down memory lane and starting to tear up of all the mistakes. <laughs> you know, it's nice to, it's nice to go down <laughs> memory lane every once in a while. This would be a really cool part for like some like dream music to sh- start yep. playing in the background. Um, we're going to go down memory lane to help people out. So I hope they enjoy. We're going to go down nightmare, trauma. nightmare alley, I believe is what we're yep. going down. Memory lane the is for that the, we, good, that the, good, the good things. We're going to go down nightmare alley for a little bit. Talk about our biggest mistakes that cost us a big buck. Mm. Basically a counseling session at this point. Yeah, this is a, this is a rough one. The misses. I don't care if I, if I tag out. Or if I kill a big buck, anyways, in a state, you know, if I only got one buck tag, those missed opportunities where you know things just could have been a little bit different. Sometimes it's what the deer does, and sometimes it's exactly what you do that makes them leave, or you miss your opportunity, you make a big mistake. Big bucks and big mistakes, they seem to they seem to go hand in hand. Um, so here's what I've done. I have asked each of these nice gentlemen as well as myself, to bring two mistakes that are maybe the biggest mistakes that they've made. And we're going to try to pick apart things that you possibly could learn from that. You can tell us, you know, we'll talk about the things that we learn, and then we can maybe talk about some things that the rest of the guys are saying, like, well, have you thought about this? And, you know, it could it could lead to some more conversation in there as well. So who wants to start? Who wants to start this deal? Matt, I'm I'm looking oh, yeah. at you, so I'll, I, I did I'll a duck duck off. goose in my mind. Hey, that's I'll be the goose to start off with. <laughs> we, we 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 may lay an egg, but we'll see. <laughs> um but anyways, no, so I guess this was my sec- second year uh really hunting public land, really figuring it out. I was in college, still getting a you know, a groove on things. Well, I told myself I was going to go out early and summer scout, you know, like like we like to do. And I did it, and I found a little area, made a mock scrape, put up a camera, uh, ran into some hogs, had some fun with them, whatever. Well, I put it up there, left it, left it, left it, came back in October, and there's a buck daylight, like a 140-inch 10-point uh, on this national forest. And uh, so I set out that I was going to hunt him. Well, he daylighted like three days in a row before the season came in. So went to hunt, hunt him on – I think it was opening weekend. I stayed down there and uh, hunted him. 
no show. Okay. So, so whatever I'll hunt the next day, he'll show up. No, doesn't show. Um, so I get in this pattern of me going to hunt him. He doesn't show. I, I leave it for three days during the week. He shows up every three days and then I go in to hunt him and he doesn't show up. So in my mind, I'm like, this deer, he knows how I'm walking in. He, he knows where I park. He knows where my access is, everything. And I had in my mind that I was going to do this big access. But what I kept doing was going in there time and time again on the same trail, expecting the deer to do something different. But he knew what I was doing. So my hey, mistake what, there. What time of the season was it? Did so you this was say early that? season. Okay. Yeah, early this season. was early. Like This was October. Okay. Um, so, you know, your leaves are still on the trees. There, it was a big chestnut oak flat in a swamp. And that, that's what I left out. This was flatlands, no terrain. And I'm pr- pretty sure he was bedding in that swamp to where I couldn't see him until he saw me and he was gone. Um, but anyways, I, I, I stayed in there and hunted him, hunted, hunted him and disappeared. And I actually took my dad in there and I said, Hey, we're not shooting anything, but this deer don't shoot a doe. Don't shoot a four point. We're only shooting this deer and we're sitting there and I'm like, you know, it's time for him to come out. And then my dad shoots and I'm like, okay, daddy killed him. He finally messed up, came from the direction. I put him in a different spot. So I'm down calling and he shoots his stinking coyote. So he didn't shoot the buck, but from what I learned from that, and y'all can help me out on access, that was my biggest mistake there was because I was, I was happy with how I was walking in. It was an easy way. It was an easy walk. Uh, I walked right beside a swamp, and it was just convenient for me. But it wasn't convenient for me to kill that deer is what I ended up learning as a whole. And y'all may, you know, experience some of the same stuff uh, with access. Um, so, y'all, I mean, hit me with your best shot on, you know, you can tell me what you would have done for that um, and what I did wrong. Man, I... I probably have been in that situation more times than I even know because I don't run trail cameras. I wouldn't know. You know, I could ju- yeah. I could just be going into a spot and saying like, oh, well, crap, ain't no deer in here where and not and, have and that, not, that knowledge. Yeah, and I'm not talking like he wasn't coming in at like six at night or two in the morning. It was like eight o'clock, eight o'clock. He'd come back at 10 o'clock and he'd come back at one o'clock and come back at two o'clock. So he was... He was staying there, you know, very close. But with my knowledge of really hunting deer, you know, I grew up, you just go get in a stand, put out some corn. You're not really scouting for the sign. But now with what I know now, you know, I could kind of manipulate that a little bit better. But there, there I didn't know what was going on. And I mean, when a deer's, when a deer's daylight and, and broad daylight and he's that big, you're going to go in there every chance you can if you're not disciplined enough. Man, I, that's uh, that's tough. It, it's hard to know without knowing, like, if you knew around about where he was bedding at. If I have a deer that's coming through like three times a day in October here in Alabama, that's like er, that's really early season movement, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to go and hunt him. But also, you got to know that like you are literally in his bedroom if he's coming through that many times that's what that's how, if i were looking at it that's how i would say it and say, especially early season right, right. Then. exactly early yeah, season is going to be his home yeah he wasn't cruising yeah. he wasn't 
doing none of that. He was literally living somewhere close by, and so I would probably take that, knowing that he's there, knowing that he's living right there somewhere, and say, okay, access is absolutely everything right here, you know, and and really and really try to break it down to you know even some of the stuff that we talked about with Tanner Edenfield the other day about figuring out exact bed locations you know mm-hmm. during the day if you're going to come in for a evening hunt to get him coming out of bed or knowing the exact location of his bedding if you're going to go and hunt him in the morning and try to beat him back to bed which is really difficult to do that time of the season as well yeah um, yeah and those those were using the area uh you know they had mm-hmm. no problem with it and and this was also let me see this was all it was also a big oak flat it was mm-hmm. an oak flat that butted up to a swamp. So that swamp had high stem count, and he could look from that swamp into that oak flat. And it also makes me think, was was there a safe way to access that without him seeing you when you have to walk through that open oak flat? Was he just sitting there scanning that, you know, 40 yards into that thicket looking out? You know, I just – I was very puzzled by what approach I really needed to do on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I go back to, like, Mike Perry talking about early season stuff and really getting on the fringes of the core areas. That way you're not, you know, you you may not get a shot at him. Honestly, he may not make it to you by the time, while the sun's still up. Or he may be back to his bedding area. He may be closer to his bed in the mornings than just on the fringes of those areas. But, man, that, those are, those are the tough ones, those early season daylight movers that are kind of in bulletproof location but i was saying like going back to tanner edenfield the way he kind of does it even though he's using bait piles you could still potentially do this in this in this area is like you're getting good daylight movement of him kind of spread out from that from that point and put five cameras around in a Mm -hmm. circle figure out which direction he's going from there then kind of keep doing that until you can absolutely pinpoint where he's at right that uh, yeah, and that would help you with your access for sure. Definitely, and that's that goes back to. I didn't really know what I was, you know. Yeah. Do your homework. I didn't know really know what I was doing. I'd love to do that over again. Love to try to kill that deer, because the, the I think, I think the next year I graduated and um from college, so I wasn't able to hunt anymore um there, but I I went anyways and I put a camera up because uh, my wife at the time was still in school and I was like man this deer you know hopefully he made it I'll be down here a couple weekends to hunt and then I never never got another picture of him again or nothing hmm. um, so it was it was interesting but I did kill a seven point in that uh, place I walked in on a windy day and killed a pig and a seven point in the same day so it was pretty neat that's awesome that's cool that's cool yeah I think I mean you're talking about it being uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right, and so you wish you knew. Is it a Toby Keith song that says, "I wish I knew now"? What is it? I wish I. I, I can't remember. It's like I, I would have known then. Yeah, or something like that. I can't. I can't remember how the song actually goes, but it's definitely true in this scenario. It's like I think of all the cool opportunities that I had growing up, and the cool places that we we got to hunt when I didn't know what the yeah. crap me and Dad didn't know what the crap we were doing. And I'm like, man, I'll do anything to go back and hunt that place. Because we actually know what we're doing now. Be, be fun, for sure. Yeah. 
Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you, the ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's the 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your workday, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out SixDayGrindCoffeeCo.com today. That's the word six, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. All right, Luke. So that one's a that one's a pretty bad. It's it's not terrible though, because it's not like yeah. you. Yeah. It's not like you saw him and missed him yeah, or never, anything never like saw that. Him. Yeah. Back this is a big one. All right. So um, one of my mistakes is, I feel like this is gonna um, relate to a lot of people is hunting spots that I was unsure about most of the time and how it cost me time and getting opportunities when I needed to scout more and piece the piece more of the puzzle together. So I had a bad habit of wanting to hunt the pretty woods and wanting to hunt the spots where I thought deer would were going to be. And I would get up in a stand and a lot of it was just, I say a lot, a lot of it was luck when I, if I killed a deer, because I couldn't tell you why I killed the deer. And so in a particular place I was hunting on public, it was, um, I killed a, actually I killed two bucks on this piece of public two years in a row. Me and my buddy actually doubled up and I could not tell you why there was deer in this area because I didn't know, but I was sitting in the tree going, man, this spot is, is beautiful. But I would sit up in the tree and I would go, man, I just don't really know. I just don't really know if I'm going to see anything. And just like second guessing myself, maybe I should go down and go find another place. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And I didn't know how to piece the puzzle together and figure out how to really start with sign and and then go from there or uh, maybe e-scouting and then go check the place out and so it was um it was a struggle for me to really figure out okay if i'm in a stand and i was actually listening to i think it was mike perry too maybe it's him on the podcast i was listening to i think it's white cat outdoors or something that he was just on and um anyway i think it was mike perry he was talking about just going with your gut feeling if you're in a stand and you're second guessing yourself on why you're in that stand. And if you're going to see something, he's like, then I'm doing something wrong. He said, if I'm going to hunt, he's like, I've got reasons that I could tell you 
off the bat of why I'm in this spot, why I think I'm going to see deer and why I think I'm going to kill a deer. And if I don't feel good about it and it's not the right setup, it's like, I'm not even hunting that spot because it's just wasting my time when I could be figuring out how to, how to locate a specific buck or specific deer and try to get on something that I'm going to be able to go into and set up on and be successful. Man, I learned that lesson. I did that a lot the last two seasons like not i'm gonna literally walk around and scout until i find something especially if i'm in a new place if i'm in like a another state or something uh i'm yeah I'm when you have like limited time to mm-hmm, scout i'm gonna yep. spend time scouting until i find something that i am 100 percent just overjoyed with now that doesn't mean i might set up if i'm if i've got an hour left at daylight and it's like okay i've pretty much seen this whole area I might set up on the ground somewhere and hunt a spot, but most of the time I'm going to scout, scout, scout until I find something that is just perfect. Something that's not going to make me second guess myself. Even then though, I still second guess myself. I don't know that you can yeah. Oh, yeah. help that. That's that's me. Uh, I mean, I have trouble just picking a tree. Say I'm in a great spot. I have trouble just picking a tree. You know, I'm like, well, I can't hunt in here, but Luke, <laughs> that's a very good point on the, the pretty woods and, Hey, this looks good like a deer. This looks like a deer should walk through here on a TV show or in a magazine. Like, this is what I've seen, but really digging deep and finding that fresh sign. And sometimes you can find fresh sign in the pretty woods, but you know that that's only done at nighttime. And that really just takes trial and error to learn that um, and see. But yeah. you did have success in these areas, but you're saying that you didn't understand really why is that is that kind of what I took from yeah and so and so what's I would say the difference between then and now is and and I I know we all get lucky and a lot of it I mean really comes down to okay we can only do so much then the deer's going to do what he's going to do or she whatever um is I want to be able like I've got a spot right now spots that I've got cameras out on public I have those there and I can tell you why they're there. I've, I have, I have those spots picked out um, that I e-scouted. And I can tell you why I looked at those on the maps. I can tell you why I'm going to access it the way I'm going to access it. And if I kill a deer, I'm going to be able to tell you, Hey, this is why I think I'm going to be able to kill a deer because all of these different things line up the way that I think it should line up. And from what I've learned. Um, and again, the, the cool thing about it is I'm able to, used to i would go by a spot like what you said matt and just go man this spot looks good now those spot those same spots i'll I'll just drive by and go not even wasting my time and here's why not even going to go there and here's why and so it's just really um even more so than killing a deer i want to be able to to beat them in the sense of i killed this deer because I outsmarted him and knew this is why I was going to kill this deer and be able to get all of my ducks in a row and do that. And then if it doesn't work, then learn from it and, and change it up. Yeah. Um, one, one quick thing to go on top of that. I know you've been putting out a lot of videos on your channel lately, uh, based on postseason scouting and preseason scouting. Um, have you figured out the difference in, scouting for deer versus scouting for big bucks um I, i've learned that those are kind of two things in themselves in their self 
just didn't know if you've dove into that uh, to really, you know, tell us kind of how you're doing that. You're muted. There we go. I was, I was muted. Sorry about that. Yeah. So there's a few different things. So like in this particular spot that I was talking about, eat up with deer tracks. But the reason um, why I wanted to kind of continue in that spot is because I found one or two really big tracks and like, I, I know that that's just a, a buck. I know that that's right. a, a good size buck. And so after I found the sign that I, I was kind of looking for, um, I started to kind of go where on the maps I, I've heard of um, like the hubs and I've heard of like, okay, this is where X marks the spot. This is where I feel like bedding is and go look at it. This is where bedding is going to be coming off of bedding down into a Creek system, looking and see if I can find that other or another big track. And then I will piece together. Okay. Well, if this is here, then if this is his core area during this time, because that was postseason, so they're coming back to their core area after season most of the time, is I'm looking for like older sign. And where I put my camera up is um, it's over like just a big community scrape. I mean, the, the tree, the limbs are just beat to absolute garbage because of it being a, a year after year community scrape. So um, when I went in first, it was man, there's a lot of tracks, but like what you said, I'm looking that for that particular setup where um, this is going to be me seeing deer, or this is going to be me seeing you know bucks that I feel like it's going to be in the area. Sweet man, that's great. That's a good good learning point for all of us. I think we all get kind of complacent in that sometimes. We our legs get tired and we're like, ah, oh, this spot just looks good. We're gonna sit here for a little bit so yeah that's great and i will say um not getting emotional about the um the sign because i'm still to me i'm still like even if the sign's here i, I still want to backtrack enough to where i still feel confident where i am somewhere close to where he's going to be bedding maybe looking for beds um just because i'm finding sign doesn't mean he's in that in that area it means he came through that area but that doesn't mean he's staying in that area out outside of the rut like outside of the rut i'm trying to think if there's a a big buck that i've had an opportunity at or killed that was on a lot of sign you know what i the one the one that i can think of would be um would be in on that hunting club that I hunted with my buddy Aaron two years ago. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like it was just tore up a sign, but there were fresh rubs and it was October. So it was super early. Their rut in that County was like January. So it was super early season bucks weren't even thinking about does. And, uh, and I was able to find his core area from finding rubs. So it wasn't just tore up, but there was some, some good buck sign in there. Uh, but most of the time, most of the early season deer bucks that I see are going to be in places with like little to no sign. The, yeah. the, it'll be close by. There's going to be like larger populations of deer pretty close, but they're always kind of off in this kind of world of their own most of the time. Yeah. Thank, thank like. trail or yeah. Mm -hmm. Secluded. Yeah. Stuff like that. And that's just stuff that, 
I think over time, well, I, I know over time, and that's why, yeah, I'm just, it's like trial and error, like what we were saying, is being able to just go out and look for those things and just continue to learn, you know, learn what, what you're seeing and what's. What I guarantee you this, in Big Woods, outside of like early season Kentucky and early season Tennessee on ag land, like in Big Woods early season, if I see a buck most of the time, he's the only deer that I've seen. Like, if I go out to spots and I see 15 does in October, I'm, like, pretty confident I'm probably not going to see a buck uh, that I want to shoot. That's that's been my story. It seems, it seems, I don't even know how we necessarily got on that. That was kind of a little bonus, little bonus episode within itself. Um, We're going to pass it, you want to pass it? Yeah, yeah. Take it on, Parker? Yeah, so, um, my first one, so I've got specific mistakes, right? Um, you guys are like making yourself sound really good. Like, oh, uh, just just these are just things that we learn and all this stuff. I got a, I got one. <laughs> Luke, that just sounded like you were speaking in tongues. I don't know what that was. Robot talk. He froze. Um, but my my first uh, my first one is. <sighs> It's one I've talked about on podcast before, but it was a buck that got away um, in the rut, and it was for one reason, one reason only. It was because I wasn't focused, and um, probably, I'll say he would have been my number one buck. He would have been my biggest buck ever, and uh, I had him at, I don't know, 50 yards. It was rifle season with a rifle directly in front of me. And, uh, and I just did, I just wasn't focused, man. And, um, long story short, you can watch the video kind of, I never got him on film cause he, I didn't know he was there until it was too late. This doe comes walking in I'm, or running in at like a jog that real, like, uh, on her toes type run her tail up and bent. Like you could tell what was going on and she runs right by my tree and I go with the camera and I follow her. She gets behind me and stops, and I'm kind of watching in front of me, but it's thick in there, you know, it's got a lot of cover, so, you know, uh, a buck that's moving slowly, he'd be a little harder to spot, but I was kind of glancing and glancing and glancing, but then she caught my wind behind me, and she blew and ran back the way that she came, right by my tree, right in front of me, and as she went in front of me, and my eyes were straight ahead at my 12 o'clock, I see this giant framed buck um, move his head to look at me and then runs off, turns around and just runs off through the woods. And I had no chance to shoot him, zero chance at all to shoot. And that one was, uh, that one was, oh, that was sickening. I still shot a buck that day, which was pretty cool. And and honestly, he was a pretty good one, you know, like not a bad deer. And, uh. But man, it, it really, it crushed me. And it, it still eats at me today thinking about that. But the one thing that I did learn, and, and it's really two things that I learned in the situation is I've got to stay focused, right? Like I, in the rut, there's no telling what's going to happen. If I see a doe and I can identify her as a doe, I'm probably not going to shoot her during the rut, number one. So I don't really need to be as concerned about her. When she comes in acting like she's being chased, it's because she's probably being chased. 
the video, I was videoing her for some dumb reason and was following her and looking behind me and not paying attention to what I knew was about to come out of the thicket. And if I would have been looking, I had about 10 seconds, probably him standing there and, uh, I could have shot him easy at 50 yards with a rifle and I would have officially shot. He was probably a 150 inch deer, you know, at the time I was like, I texted dad. I was like, I just saw 170, you know? I thought I he yeah. told me that, and I was like, nah, he's emotional. Oh, dude, but he was huge, right? Like, not- no, no, I, I, I know. Whenever you told me, and, and and whenever you, like, and we all do it. Well, I mean, we do. We're just like, this fish was ten pounds. It's hard not to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I was so tore up because didn't he have a trail cam pick of him? Yeah, what and I was about to say, I got this trail cam picture of him running by. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, like I've said before, I don't run trail cameras like I never do. And I just happened in November because I knew I wanted to hunt that spot. But it was a spot that's like five miles from where I put in the kayak at. So I wanted to know that there was going to be a good deer in there before I spent a whole lot of time hunting during, hunting that spot during the rut. Because it's a big, going five miles in that boat was a tough thing to do, you know, to invest in. And, uh. So I went and hung a trail camera in there one afternoon and I got a picture of a couple of bucks in there throughout those, uh, probably three weeks that it was up. But that, that deer came through one evening and then he ran right by it that morning and on the same trail that morning, ran right by it. And then probably, I don't know, 50 yards later, he was right in front of me. And, uh, man, that one was tough. It was, it was a tough one. I, I should have been watching if I would have been watching. That's a hard thing. If I would have just been doing what I do almost all the time, I would have killed that deer. And, and we'd be probably like when you're a content creator too, like missing out on a big buck like that, it hurts. Oh. Cause you're like, man, that could have done so much. Not only would I have killed my personal best deer, yeah, but I could have. You know, that video would have done so stinking good. Like, just so many things that come over you when you miss an opportunity like that. And uh, the bad thing is, is that it keeps, it happens. You know, it's going to happen to every single person who spends a lot of time. Like, there's just no way around it. You're going to get caught off guard. And uh, it's happened to me multiple times. That one's the one that hurt the worst. And I think the thing, the main thing that I can take from it, you can guys, you guys can kind of, break it apart if you want to but the main thing is like stay in during the rut stay 100 percent in the zone as hard as it as hard as it is all day sits all that stuff i mean you're grinding hard during the rut but you got to stay in the zone yeah yeah most most of the time i find that things happen when you least expect them and that's when you're caught off guard caught with your pants down whatever you want to say and you just you can't really do nothing about it. Now, Parker, my question to you would be now that morning, had you seen deer before these two deer? Or were, they, were these the first two you had seen that day? It was the first two. And it was, uh, it was about nine thirty in the morning. I think that they came through. Yeah. I got in late. Like I said, it was a five mile kayak ride. So it, the sun was already coming up. It's up a really, really tall, really steep, slope like and it's it's bluffed out on the top so you gotta climb through some bluffs um find these little rock out cl- croppings that you can climb up and uh 
and it and it takes you know two hours to get there in the dark most of that trip was done in the dark so i'm going really slow in the dark fog and then you know i mean i think i started paddling that day at like 4 a.m or so 3 30 or 4 and i mean the sun i, I didn't get up in a tree until 7 so yeah, it, it so that was before you put, had the motor no i had my little tiny outboard okay oh my yeah. gosh yeah that puts like three miles an hour it goes it goes faster walk, than that you go walk fast <laughs> It goes like 10. It goes 10 miles an hour. Uh, so it's pretty quick. But early in the morning in the dark and in f- the foggy stuff, I'm going, I'm on like the, a low, low setting because I don't want to hit a branch or something like that or run into the shore. But yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Go ahead. What's that? I was just say, I'm curious how many deer have walked by people, us included, while we were on our phones. There's no telling. Or, I, you know, that, that that same situation that you just described, Parker, I guarantee you somebody's listening right now, the same thing happened, and they were on their phone. I've had that happen, Dude. where I was like, deer come out, and I'm like, my phone is in my hand, I'm frozen solid, where it's like me putting my phone back in my pocket and drops or something. The worst. I'm embarrassed to tell you how many second angle cameras uh, shots that I have that I don't put in the video. I make it look like I'm like looking around, you know, and I'm on <laughs> top of my game, but really hey, we that, all do it. The actual second it. angle is me looking at my phone and then looking up and freezing and be like, Oh crap. And then I'm putting my phone in my pocket every oh, yeah. single time. Like, it's just, it's hard not to do that. Uh, here they come. Here yeah. They come. <laughs> I mean, that's so funny. It, it happens to me so much that I've developed a nice little system for when it happens, like an easy way, an easy pocket to stick my phone in, uh, on my pack where I can just throw it and, and go and get ready. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Yeah. That's embarrassing, but golly, you know, everybody's listening to this be like, yeah, it's, yeah. What a goon, mm-hmm. but they've done it. The oh, same we thing. really, well, I was about to say, yeah, we really hit it in the fields because people are thinking, yeah, I've had that happen so many times. <laughs> it, uh, and, and it does. We're happen. almost okay. We're almost okay with it though, because we keep playing on our phones. So yeah. it's kind of like, hey, yep. hey, you know, every time in the moment, man, I'm like every single time in the moment. And that's probably why, uh, I like, I don't, I don't film with my phone because I'm like, how am I going to look at my phone while I'm in a tree if I'm filming with my phone? Yeah, that's like my main reason for not doing my oh, yeah. videos with my phone. Um, having no signal other than, you know, getting out safe. Having no signal may be the best thing for, for hunters in the stand. Did either of you guys hunt the day, it was my birthday, October 4th, last year, um, when Facebook and Instagram went down? Yes. It was like I don't even remember. They went out for they went down for a whole day, and I was like, it would be on my birthday when everybody's gonna wish me happy birthday. I don't even get that. I don't even get those <laughs> words of affirmation. My goodness. Um, but it went it went out, and so I actually shot a deer that day. I shot my first Alabama doe that evening, and I was like, just I felt like I was a better hunter. I felt like I was more aware. I got better video. Everything about that was just just felt better because I wasn't looking at Facebook and Instagram the whole time. God, that sucks. Doesn't it? That may. And you know, everybody does that. (laughs) It's like like you need a designated flip phone to just take in the woods. Mm -hmm. Like a little June bug or something. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? 
well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. All right, Matt. GPS. Matt, I want to know. I want to know you. I, I shared my big buck missed opportunity. I want to hear yours. Yeah. So, kind of the same. Not, well, not not the same story. Same same place. Same time in my life uh, where I was going in college. You know, we're getting ready for the season, shooting our bows, getting ready, and you know, I'm like out there with the guys and everybody's shooting 70 pounds and i'm like i'm I'm gonna shoot 70 pounds you know like this is what we're gonna do so crank the bow up practice with it practice with a little bit it's opening day um skip class get out there to go hunting you know you put you get up in the stand you pull back you do your draw you check everything out make sure you're good to go well i'm i'm just you know doing my thing it's getting a little later about nine o'clock and um I, I see some deer coming. It ended up being two bucks in the bachelor group. I was hunting a creek crossing. Well, I get stood up. And I, this is when I was videoing. And I, I videoed all this, unfortunately. And the bucks, like, hit a little dip right before they got in the creek and disappeared. And then they appeared in the creek. Well, as soon as they do that, I go to pull back. Well, that's the key word. I went to pull back. I could not get my bow back because, I guess the adrenaline usually people say adrenaline you know you can pick up cars and whatnot in this case i couldn't do anything i could not (laughs) pull back and so as the deer were about to go up the other bank i finally got it pulled back and they were already gone and out of the way before i could get a shot i mean two nice public land deer 20 yards and i can't get a shot at them because i can't get my bow back um so what i look back on that as being my biggest mistake is not staying one not staying within myself and know what i was comfortable with just to try to do something somebody else was doing um when in reality if i'd have just stuck with what matthew reeves is comfortable comfortable with and what i'm confident in i'd had a dead deer that day but instead i made changes um and i and i still do stuff like that as, as with with my gear you know i'll still see people doing a certain thing and i'll kind of jump on the bandwagon for a little bit and then I find out it doesn't work for me with now me being older and out of college and kind of, you know, not having to toot my own horn. I can be like, Hey, this is not, this is not for me. This is not my way of doing things. I'm going to stick with what I know and what I'm confident in. So if I could say, you know, where I messed up there is I did not stay within myself and I was trying to be something I wasn't. And I think a lot of people could take that away. Um, in their hunting journey of just just be you just do what you want to do don't conform to what other people are doing and i know that kind of takes it from just just pulling back a bow it is very simple but it can be a, a greater thing for somebody else so that's that's that story so didn't get a buck from that you know matt powell that's great matt um matt powell who is the guy who came on and talked about x marks a spot and i really really developed a lot of the way that I hunt based on a lot of that, that episode. He talked about that and like knowing your gear 
inside and out, like knowing your right. system. We drive that home, man, as much as I possibly can is knowing your system, but also knowing like your comfort level with things. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, Matt, you should have known, like, yeah, you should have said, you know what? No, I'm mm-hmm. this. I, I know this is just a little bit too much for me, even practicing. Yeah, I can get it back yeah. practicing, but man, I I don't know. And man, I can't tell you how many of those type of things you want to you want to yeah, fall. It's can. like it's like people who do the the heavy arrow deal, but they don't really do it. They don't go all in. It's kind of one of those things. It's like you better go all in, otherwise it might it's going to hurt you more than it's going to yeah. help you. Um, and see, I'm I'm tinkering with that right now, so that may you know hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. But I think you I mean got to figure heavy, out. Heavy arrow like Drew, or less no. than that? Nobody's heavy no. arrow like Drew, <laughs> no. man. Shout I'm, I'm not shooting shout out to Drew. grains. <laughs> We're going not, what's, 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> funny, Matt, is, and let me ask you this. What are you, what are you shooting now? What's your comfy weight? 64, 65 pounds. And, and like y'all said, you, hey, you could, we could probably pull 80 if we wanted to. But yeah. I want to shoot the same in early season as I would in late season, uh, poundage wise, because you you add layers of clothes when you get colder, and you you honestly it's, it's harder to pull the bow back when you're cold. Uh, it was a warm morning that morning, so I had all the positives not not many clothes on. It was warm, and I had a buck, and I still couldn't get my bow back. So something something was wrong there. And I've I heard stories about people, and I lived that nightmare, and it I was so mad at myself. I can. I can look back at the video and I just beat myself up. And I actually, I went back that afternoon to hunt the those deer because I knew where they went to bed. I was like, I'm just going to push in there and get close to them. I ended up bumping both of them. And, uh, you know, just another kick in the guts that day. Um, but, you know, you always learn. Target cover. Yeah, and I'll say, yeah, yeah. And I'll say this, just like what you say, Parker, this is the hill that I will die on. I have experienced, I have shot deer with a 36 pound recurve. That's one that I hunt with. I've got other ones. What, what's so funny, Parker? I thought you were just going to go off on a Drew defense. He's passionate. No, I'm not defending <laughs> Drew. No, 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 listen. I have shot deer with 36 pound recurve with the right setup. Okay. Right broadhead, right arrow, the right setup. I don't care w- w- like what you were saying. Whatever you're comfy with, you can make the setup to what fits you and what makes you comfortable. Obviously, it's got to be within the legal, you know, legal aspects of things and be able to go out and kill a deer with it. If you're comfy with it, you practice with it and you do it. Just like what you said, Matt, um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You have got to take time to practice in order to figure out what you're going to be comfy with. Take time to practice with your gear on doing the doing the same steps and the movements that you're going to be doing in the stand because that's just going to prep you even more for when the you know when it actually happens yeah i think too many people their opening day is their opening day is dress rehearsal they don't treat it like it's so true like it's a hunt you know and i get most there's a lot of people who aren't they have other priorities they're doing other things they don't have the time maybe they work you know every hour of daylight and they they just can't go do that kind of stuff that i get it but to be the most effective hunter i think you've got to do that you've got to 
you've got to uh, you've got to learn your system. But one thing that you, Luke, I'm trying to I'm trying to transition us into your next one. Um, if I if I am I right on on your next one? Is it the one you you were we were originally talking about? About the girl, about the the girlfriend, Luke. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um. Well, you're kind of you're kind of fuzzy breaking up, but oh, yes. Sorry. Um. So there there's some things that just you maybe you can't control as much. There's there's situations you know that like I was talking to a guy today about ac- accessing a spot. And, you know, I mean, really the only access for this spot, the only way he'd be able to possibly do it would be to pretty much blow the whole place out. So there are some variables that are going to be unforeseen and you just kind of got to learn it the hard way. Luke, tell us about your learning the hard way. Okay. Do you guys want to know what has, what has cost me some big bucks? I do. Yes, I, I would yes, love. We do. I would love to know, Luke. Would y'all like to know my second mistake of what's cost me big bucks? Let me tell you what's cost me big bucks, and this may step on some toes. This may step on some women's toes if this if women are listening. But I need everybody to hear me out because this is my experience. A girlfriend, girlfriends, have cost me big bucks. My <laughs> wife has cost me a big buck. All right. Here, and people hear this and, and, and here, here's, let me, let me start where, where I've been. All right. So we all get in a relationship and we're all hunters and we get in a relationship and the girl, I want to go hunting. Maybe she's never been hunting and we'll get into the, the grounds of when I think, okay, Hey, it, this is okay. If you know, this is in place, but we all have that experience of, I want to go hunting and I want to kill a deer. Most of us will go, okay, well, we can go hunting. You can kill a deer, but they may go, but I want to kill a big one. Our first thought and reaction as hunters is probably going to be, eh, probably not going to kill a big one because you haven't really put the time in. Well, I was too nice and didn't stick with that motto that I should have stuck with. So girlfriend, number one, there's two. And then my wife, that come to mind. Girlfriend number one, first time she had ever gone hunting. And my God, that I've ever been in my entire life. It was at, it was on private land. We got an invite from a guy that's a well-known friend or a well-known guy like in, in kind of in our area. And he just asked, hey, you want to go hunting? I was like, yeah, my girlfriend wants to kill, uh, kill a deer. He's like, well, there's going to be bucks here. Like you're going to see a buck. You just need to know who's going to shoot it. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm going to let her shoot this buck. Nine point ended up walking out. She shot the buck. It was great. I was so happy. And then we broke up. I remember thinking, God, why? Why did I let her shoot that buck? Because now it's not on my wall. It's probably not even on her wall. It's probably in the trash somewhere. But the thing is, yeah. it's great. Memory's great. Second girlfriend could not get the deer in the scope. Eight, but eight point. I, we watched it do a scrape. We watched it rub on a tree. It was it was picture perfect broadside, 150 yards. 
I'm I'm praying to God in heaven, please God, let her get this in the scope to shoot this buck. It ends up walking away and ends up walking towards my friend that they were set up. It was him, his girlfriend set up. Guess who shot it? Him, not her. And he killed it. <laughs> and so that's two bucks now. Okay. Two bucks. Fast forward to my lovely wife, Sadie. Um, I tagged out. Let's see. I tagged out two years ago before December. And again, this is kind of on me too. Um, but I tagged out before December two years ago and Sadie and I were hunting and she was like, I want to kill a big buck. I was like, okay, big buck walked out, could not make this happen. And I'm sitting there just stressed out of my mind. Again, it's on me because I, I could not shoot this buck. It was, it was a giant and she ended up, uh, we were in a blind kind of eased out of the blind. Um, and she ended up like, okay, I, I've got it in the scope. And he kind of walked off with a doe and there was a third deer and we got mixed up on which deer it was. And she shot, we get up to the deer and it was a spike. He had disappeared and she shot the wrong deer. Now I say all this to say, and if people are mad, I apologize. I say all this to say, if, and y'all may agree or disagree, if the girl or whoever you're dating, or if you're married, wants to put in the time to kill deer, I am all for it. I know of people, they go hunting together as a couple, and they're all about it. I have made the mistake of giving up, and it sounds so bad, I made the mistake of giving up multiple bucks that I could have shot and basically it was all for nothing i mean again they've got that experience and i'm super happy for them but i was left with a broken heart not even because of a breakup just because of the deer so <laughs> yeah, that that's hurts uh first. i was gonna say that that right there that's a mistake i could have had three for sure three really nice books on my wall if it wasn't for that mistake but again there's grounds. If they want to go out, they want to put in the work, they want to go hunting. And it's, I feel like it's different now if it's your wife, because I mean, obviously, you know, you want her to have that experience. You're going to be able to enjoy that. And she's not going to leave hopefully, but if, if yeah, I mean, what really, what, I mean, she's still good. Well, I guess can get, you can get the mountain, the divorce. Yeah, there. You can make sure yeah, yeah. You get that. Say, <laughs> so, hey, thanks. Thanks for uh, let me vent and uh, share my, my emotions. Y'all have at it. That was great. I can't think of any time that's happened to me. Um, Smarter than me. Yeah, I, I can't I, it think happened, of it. It happened to me, but in a good, it was a good thing, though. Was it with your wife uh, now? Yeah, was, well, yeah, we were dating. Uh, I had actually taken her, like, I think that was kind of our first date. She didn't like me, quote, unquote, uh, was hunting. And she filmed me shoot a doe, and I shot low and didn't kill her whatnot. So I got made fun of for that. And then she decided that she wanted to shoot one with a bow. So we got her a little bow set up, and she ended up killing eight point with the bow. Um, good deer. That's awesome. Um, pretty, pretty pretty awesome. So, but you know, it, it's it's like you said. Do they really care about the horns? She kind of was like, you know, okay, whatever. Now <laughs> I just have the horns in in one of my crates that I keep them all in. But it's a good memory to have. Uh, I can brag on her. I mean, she did an awesome job. She had to hold that bow back for like two minutes because this deer was so skittish. So, hey, and she put in the work. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. She she did, but, shoot. but with she the help of shoot. a good guide, with the help yeah, of a good guide. 
Yeah, yeah, I got you. I hoisted her up in the stand, you know, set her down. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I feel that way about guys who get lucky like that. Like, the first time they go hunting, they kill a big giant buck, and you're like, huh? I'm the same way. I'm the same way with that, too. I really like that. I, I could go on a tangent about that. I've had, you know, people ask you to go hunting, and I'm like, Okay, well, you're going to sit over here. You're not necessarily gar holing them, but you don't want to set them up to kill a giant the first right. couple times. I mean, and, and this sounds bad, but like I, my first couple times were tough. I didn't. No, I didn't and that's to, what, you know, that's what's normal. Like for me, that was normal. I, I, my dad specifically told me, so hey, we're, you've got to put it in time. You're going to work up to that. And it was because like people, I agree with you, Parker. It just, you kind of get the wrong idea or you get spoiled and, and most people may not, but most people, um, you know, enjoy it, stick with it. Or, or at least I hope, but yeah, I'm the same way. You want them to be able to enjoy the experience and be able to, you know, not just, I, I guess not appreciate the hard work that, you know, we put into the stuff. Well, it's un- understanding the process um, and yeah. to be able to respect animals. And that's a whole nother, thing on respecting an animal before you even take it i mean i've had a deer whoop my tail so many times that i have the utmost respect for or the utmost respect for these deer because of how stinking smart they are and how much they've tormented me these people have not suffered enough to be able to reap the benefits <laughs> of what a white tail brings you um, right. yeah, yeah. and you know we that that could get you know but we I'll want, go back. We, to big we want people to enjoy enjoy the outdoors, and that that's, that's what I was gonna say. That's yeah, people. Yeah, people are hating on what I said. Big picture, we want people like what you said, Matt. Enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the experience, and I'm all for that. All right, I said what I need to say. Parker, you're next. You've made your piece. Um, I've, I've made my piece. I will say, did you see my did you see my Instagram reel the other day? That was like that one guy. Who, that one hunting buddy that killed one good buck one time yes and, and it's yes. like i'm pretty much the best <laughs> there it. is yeah i wake up in the morning i piss excellence and uh yeah, no, no one perfect. can hang with my stuff yeah that's that. it's so true yeah it's like while yeah it's like while the the guide or the buddy standing there beside you that helped you kill the deer or the whole reason you killed the deer i could tell you all a funny story but i'm not gonna call this guy out he might listen i don't know um Anyway, so uh, tell 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 your last mistake. That's what we want to hear. Man, my right, here we go. Number six. Number six, and this is the final one. My last thing has so much to do with um, I, maybe it's target panic. It's it's some type of target panic that I get where I take shots sometimes that. Man, I just know that there was a better shot opportunity that I didn't wait on. And so my my last thing is branches. Man, I've hit way too many freaking branches on big giant bucks. To the point where Amen. it's almost like Walter in in I believe, unless he changed it recently, uh it was my name was Brushbuster in his phone. So every time I <laughs> every time I text him. He was, he called, it was, <laughs> Brush Buster is my name. So, um, I mean, dude, and, and I hate to even say it like this, like 
you could watch any video that I have where I have a good shot of the shot. And it's like almost always a leaf gets nicked or something. Something happens. It's never like a super clear shot. Now, a lot of that has to do with places that I'm hunting, right? High stem count, not great shot opportunities in there regardless. Um, so that's that's part of it. And that's something that I can't necessarily get away for. But there's some of them, man, where I'm like, dude, if you would have just waited just a few minutes, right, or a few seconds, you just took a shot. And it's like where I get drawn back, and I'm already drawn back, and I just panic and shoot, right? Like, even though I know in my mind it's not. And so I can think of two, I mean, two shots right off the top of my head. And what the first one was uh, early season Kentucky two seasons ago, two years ago. In September, had this big, I mean, this one probably, he may have been bigger than the one from the first story. He was big. Yeah. And and you can't really tell in the video because it was so thick where he was walking through. You don't really get any good, there's not a great angle, but from where I was looking at, he had velvet hanging down where he was rubbing it off. So it was like hanging down off of his antlers and his just like bone white, just pure white antlers coming through and he was a stud and tines everywhere and he was coming right to my opening 18 yards maybe 17 yards maybe closer maybe 14 I can't remember but let's say it was 14 it feels like 14 um he's about to walk right through there at 14 yards it's about to be a chip shot as long as I'm in the right direction I'm gonna kill this deer right man there was a vine that was coming down uh, probably only about five feet in front of me. So it was kind of like, it was in my near vision, right? I was focused on the stuff around where he was at. I wasn't even looking at this stuff that's right here next to me. And this ends up being my, my biggest, my biggest enemy in these situations is those type of like close, like where you're not looking at everything, the full shot. Um, so I missed that deer. It hit a limb, hit that vine and I mean, completely deflected the arrow like 10 feet behind his butt. And I was like, dude, I was so sick about that. And right there, you're like, I will never do that again. I will not. I will not freebase cocaine. Like you're like, I ain't going to do it. (laughs) And then, well, unless another big old buck comes out, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get another shot at him. If, I mean, if I got a quarter-sized hole at 20 yards, <laughs> yeah, I might let fly. <laughs> I, I might shoot him. But it hap- it's, it's, it's like it happens every time. And then, uh, of course, Florida this year. <laughs> probably the biggest buck I shot at all season long in Florida with a slug gun. And I'm so bummed for you. Got two yeah, you, shots. You had, a, you, had a can, you had a cannon in the tree. Yeah. You wouldn't think what a little kind, bitty tiny vine like that. What kind of did you hit? <laughs> I mean, it was a vine that was probably about an inch or an inch and a half thick, yeah. maybe. And on both shots, I hit it. On both freaking shots. So the first one, I hit it and didn't even realize it was there. The second shot, I saw that I hit that branch, and he stayed standing there. And I was, like, really rushing myself, like, he's going to run. He's going to do something. And I was rushing myself, trying to get underneath it. And I shoot again, and I thought I, I actually thought I killed him. Um, 
until we didn't find him. And I watched the 360 video the next day, and I could see I hit that same stupid branch again, like in the exact same spot. At least you spot. were consistent. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was shooting groups. Um, But it sucked. Uh, And, man, I mean, even not – those are the two biggest bucks I've probably lost that way. But I have lost – I have not hit a lot of deer because I shot – in a scenario that wasn't ideal happened to me this year actually another big buck this year um on that soa hunt that i did where i shot the doe and the buck was you know considering crossing even after seeing that dead doe there and i released an arrow on him when i shouldn't have i should have just waited for better opportunity because he would have probably given it to me here's what i'll say parker you have missed a lot but we've all missed the thing is being able to and what's funny is like i guess people just don't want to admit their flaws i missed 11 11 times before i killed a turkey with a recurve i would say the biggest um encouragement would be to learn from just like what you're saying to learn from your mistakes and to just improve and being able to just admit, hey, this is why I missed. This is why I messed up. It is so hard to do because you don't want, especially, you know, us being, you know, kind of in the YouTube world and on social media, the thought of people thinking that we suck, it like, it sucks to think about. You know what I mean? It's it's like, well, you don't want people to think this or think that, but it happens to everybody. We like, we all mess up. We all make mistakes when it comes to that. But learning from those mistakes is what makes us a better hunter if we, you know, figure out what happened. Sure. I think more people should uh, should share their their problems and their issues and the things that they've struggled with. Because, like, it's not – I don't make it a secret, right? Like, I don't yeah. – I, I, in ratio, you know, I probably miss about as much as everybody else. I shoot a lot, like, and I kill a lot of deer. So, I'm when yeah, you shoot yeah. a lot of deer – you shoot a lot and your chances of missing or something happen more often is just going to, it's going to be a thing. So that's one of the things that I always try to try to remind myself while I, when I'm in that moment, it's like, okay, but I, I missed, I missed a lot, but I, I've also killed a lot too. So yeah, that's, that's and, good attitude. And Parker, I think this goes a lot back on like the areas you hunt. Um, I say this when I'm fishing. If I'm not getting hung up, I'm not catching fish because I'm not fishing where the fish are. Mm-hmm. You're in these thickets where the deer are living. Uh, and just like we referenced in Luke's, um, one of his mistakes was hunting open woods. If you're hunting open woods, you're not hitting any vines because it's open woods. You're in there in the thicket. If I could, if I can remember right on that Kentucky video, you can barely see that deer because it's so thick from him yeah, walking through there, and you just is. had a little hole to shoot. So you've got to be willing to, you know, it happens. It's it's and it's gonna happen if you do it enough, like you said. But you've got to be willing to sacrifice that what if to get in there where that deer lives. That's right. Um, and that's you know that I think that's huge because. A lot of people don't get into those places that you're getting into, and they don't. That you know, you may talk to a guy. He goes, "I've never hit a branch." Well, because you're not hunting where that is, um, and it it's just one of those things that people you've got to get in there to really experience it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's good stuff. 
Well, that's yeah, it. it that's the six things, man. That's six really good things that I think people can learn something from, from our issues and our sucking it up. Um, but guess what? Everybody listening to this is going to make a mistake and it's going to cost them a deer. Yep. That's what keeps us. I think that's what keeps me wanting to improve, wanting to get better, wanting to learn is because it's not always going to be easy, right? It's not always going to have, it's not always going to work out. Like you got to figure out how to overcome a lot of these failures and, and not consider them failures. I think even. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't humble. consider, I don't consider that buck, uh, in Florida to be a failure, even though I, I, every day I think about things that could have been that weren't or that aren't, uh, I walk by a blank space in my office and I think, man, that buck would have looked really good right there in that spot <laughs> every day. But, um, still I don't consider it a failure, right? I saw a, 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 a giant, a true giant whitetail in Florida. Okay. That's the that's the hardest part of the puzzle right like that's that's the hardest yeah. piece the the easiest piece should be taking the shot and so yeah you know like and finding those wins that you did and also the things that can improve just gonna make absolutely it's good stuff well fellas it's been good it's been grand and uh i'm ready for deer season i've i've got to get better with my recurve that's my that's my baby right now I'm trying to get hey your groups it. You, you posted your groups on your story the other day. I was impressed. It looks good. It is, it's getting better. I've still got to come to your shop, man. I've, I've got my arrows are flying a little bit wonky. I've got to figure something out. It may be my, I may need to stiffen up my spine a little bit on my old arrows. Yeah, we need to, yeah, we need to shoot sometime this week or something. Let's do it. All right, hey guys, dudes, thanks for listening uh, to this week's this. episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.